Okay, can you hear me? Yeah, you sound you sound great. Everything sounds great except for the asshole dog. Yeah, well, he'll calm down in just a second once he's done having his weird like transition tantrum that he does. Yeah, night zoomies. Night slash. zoomies, baby. Oh, Oop, I don't want to look at my own TikToks right now. Thank you. And welcome to another episode of Cheap Smut. My name is Katie Mizell. And my name is Carl Mizell. And this is a podcast that has just about had it this week. <laughs> I am done. It's both a blessing and a curse <laughs> that we that we record at the end of the week. Yes. Yes, it is. It absolutely is. Because on the one hand, it's a nice way to put the week to bed, so to speak. But on the other hand, it's like, fuck. Just like, I'm yeah. f- fried. Yep. So, I mean, I do, I look forward to it all week, so it helps yeah. to be like, oh, I get to record tonight, but also you get to the actual sitting down in front of the microphone and you're like, Fuh. Yeah. <laughs> Gird uh, your loins, here we go. Uh, uh, but no, it's, it, but you know, we get through this part, this is the ramp up, this is the slow crawl up the first big hill on the roller coaster. Yeah. Building, building, and then... Wee! And then, yep, dicks and buttholes, <laughs> or, or whatever's on the agenda. I don't know what's <laughs> dicks and it's not it's not dicks and buttholes this week. No, okay, yeah, is there nothing a, wrong with that? No, there's but. not. <laughs> 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 We've just been doing a lot of uh, MMs. Lately, we do. We, so. we we have been doing a lot of MMs lately. You're absolutely right. Well, that, I guess last week last week was not an MM, but the week before that, and the week before that, yep. and the week before that. Yep. Well, the week before that was a menage, a bisexual menage. Yeah. Anyway, how are you, baby? I'm really good all things considered uh it's been a nice a nice week of work got to do a little bit of traveling locally uh you and i celebrated 15 years yes together yep we've been married for almost 11 but uh this past tuesday we celebrated 15 years together yes we did and 15 years since our first date yeah since our first date and it just keeps getting better oh yeah it does how are you i'm pretty good I'm pretty good. Uh, I mean, this week, this has been, it's, it's, it's interesting. This has been a bad week for me, like kind of all things considered. It's been not a great week for me emotionally, but it's still a good, like by pre-medicated pre-therapy standards, me, this would have been one of the best weeks of my life. <laughs> yeah. And now post, post-medication in therapy, me is like, this week was awful. <laughs> I, I have been going back into the vaults looking for, yeah. for clips you know, to, to, to put out, you know, on the socials and everything. And I was listening to a previous episode where I was like, whoa, like it is so, it, no, it just seriously, in terms of like, you could tell just the weight of everything was weighing on you. You sound a lot freer and happier. Oh, it's, it's a good thing. That's nice. Yeah. It just, it was it, like, you could tell that just the weight of everything was on your shoulders. Yes, it was. And, and now that you have, you know, you, I mean, you've been going to therapy, but mm-hmm. now that you you have your medications, you know, back to the regu- back, regular therapy. Yeah, it's it's been night and day. So I understand what you're saying. <laughs> the, even your 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 worst post medication week is still like your best pre. Yeah, exactly. Week. Yes, that's exactly what I'm what I'm trying to say. Listener, if you could have seen the look on her face as I was trying to uh, traverse that minefield. <laughs> Don't fuck this up, dude. Don't say some dumb shit. I mean, the good news is I edit the show. But you can't edit my brain. (laughs) No, I can't. (laughs) I could just uh, chat GPT an entire episode, (laughs) put the previous 28 episodes on the internet, and then just chat GPT this. What happened? Oh, Carl said some dumb shit. And Katie got one of her knives. I did. I did. So now it's uh, a solo host show and an AI because he has no tongue. (laughs) I would never cut your tongue out. I, I need know. that for stuff. Oh, it's true you do. The talking. The talk- I was of, talking about the talking. Of course of the talking. Yeah. Not 10 to 12 pages. Of- uh. <laughs> but anyway, shout out Rihanna Burwell. Hey, Rihanna. Uh, and, and speaking of things with tongues uh, yep. that can't keep, seem to keep putting them away, and if you, if you don't follow us on social media, we have a new member of the household here. We have 
uh, a dog now, another yep. dog. We had a dog until last year, our beloved uh, Jack Russell Terrier, Vinny, Vincent yeah. Irving Paparino, yeah. uh, who was just old and we had to put him down. But now we have a new dog. Uh, he's part pit bull, part chihuahua, and just beautiful and dumb as a bag of hammers. So naturally, we named him Himbo. That's right. Welcome, Himbo Mizell, to the Cheap Smut family. He is the official uh, Smutco Industries, I don't want to say mascot, more like pain in my ass. Yeah, he's not a mascot. He's just he's just the company dog. Yeah, he's the company dog. Yeah. The cats would take umbrage if... Uh... Absolutely, they would. Danny's looking at me right now like... The fuck do you think you're doing replacing me? How dare you? Yeah, but Dan beat that ass today, didn't he? He didn't like I said, he didn't actually touch him. He just hissed him hissed at him and swiped and Himbo was under a chair whining like two seconds later. Daniel does not fuck around. I, I was I was in the bathroom upstairs when that happened and came storming down. Yeah. Because I was like, I did did he sever a the tendon? Yeah. Nope. Okay. We had this dog for three days and we already have to spend thousands of dollars repairing him. Nope. We nope. Don't. nope. He just <laughs> got the piss scared out of him by a big dumb orange cat. Yeah. It was a battle of the himbos. Yeah. The household himbos. Mm-hmm. But enough about that. Okay. What do we have on our agenda for this week? This week, I read a book called Grump Gone Wild by Cassie Mint. Interesting. Yes. I Cassie Mint is another one of my, like, you need a, a quick and easy palate cleanser read of some kind or you know you just you want to read something but it has to be fast Cassie Cassie Mint working in some of the same realms as Jessica Kane in terms Mm. of like generally expected content but um I don't think Cassie's heroes are as toxic as as Jessica Kane's are um I really got into Cassie Mint for her um her big boys series she she did Mm. a series of of plus sized her and Jessica both did um but I liked I liked her big boys series it was a lot of fun so she so she kind of specializes in I guess what we could call smut tapas smut tapas yes exactly small bites small plates packed full of smut but yep. in a little tiny little package. package yep this one was like less smut heavy than i y- usually expect out of cassie it was it was a pretty slow burn okay but for it's it's 72 pages long so it's not like anything's gonna burn that slow i was gonna say so it takes until like page 30 to uh to yeah for somebody to touch a genital or something <laughs> yes it takes it takes like till page 40 they're not taking they're not trying to set the land speed record for smut like stepbrother summer was hell yeah um, I think that actually the land speed record for smut on this show is Glitch. Yeah, Glitch by, got to it by Brianna Michaels. Fa- yeah. Yes, got to it real fast. Yeah, oh, it started with it. That's that was one of her marketing. Oh, that's right. Um, one of her marketing tactics was uh, smut on the first page, smut on the last page, all smut all the time. Wow. Hell yeah, Brianna. Just get right to it. Yeah. Don't, don't bury the lead. Bury the dick. Ah. Somewhere preferably warm. Bury it deep and and moist. Mm-hmm. Or wet. Sorry, I know some people don't like the word moist. <laughs> I said it again. I'll bleep it. Don't worry. Ah, you don't have to bleep that. I know. Don't be silly. Okay, so anyway, Grump Gone Wild is book one in the Grumps Unleashed series. I think there's three or four of them. I know, right? <laughs> I love the word grump. It's so good. Um, I think there's three or four of these. They are all rel- relatively the same length. Um, so they're all going to be similar. It's like eating like a, like a like popcorn. Yeah. Like small not not particularly filling, but you can consume a lot of it. It is 99 cents or available through Kindle Unlimited. There are no particular uh, trigger warnings this week, but once again, we are working with, as is, mo- is often the case in books like this, wealth and money. So be prepared for us to just take some shots at the rich. Because <laughs> I'm gonna. Uh, eat them if you can, and uh, maybe listen to, the, listen to our back catalog while you're building a guillotine. Oh, uh, yeah. That would be a lot of fun. I think you would enjoy that. I know I would. So shall we begin? Yes, let's. All right. So this week, our FMC, her name is Felicity Lovegood, um, but she prefers to be called Fliss. Okay. She is your- Fliss or Fliss? Fliss. F-L-I-S-S. Thank you. Fliss. She is, I guess, you, you sort of your standard issue, young millennial, old Gen Z, somewhere in there. She's smart, but frazzled probably has ADHD like the rest of us, perpetually underpaid, um, just getting by. She's pretty and dark haired, but she always has some kind of bright colored accent going on in the, for most of this book, she has pink streaks. 
in her hair. Okay. Um, she is dedicated to her first love, her very old cat named Rusty. Love an old she cat. She loves him so much that she has him tattooed on her wrist. Hell yeah. God bless. I, ugh. <laughs> at one point she said she like introduces him i can't remember who, why she, this is rusty he drools when he purrs <laughs> <laughs> he's just old and he s- smells bad and he's she loves him to death and i love her for it i drool when i purr too it's fine. yeah but her other love is her boss she is the personal assistant to Sebastian Bamford, with whom she has been in love for four years, the entire time that she's worked for him. But she's never done anything about I, it. She just has a big crush on her boss. Okay, I was going to say, is Sebastian aware of this? No. Is HR aware of this? No, okay. nobody's aware of this. <laughs> she just sort of fantasizes about all the ways he could be fucking her in, in the office if he knew yeah. and wanted to, I guess. she just She's really into her boss. Okay. So Sebastian Bamford, he is handsome. He is sort of... From from descriptions, he's sort of fit, uh, but I don't think he works out or anything. He's just sort of book boyfriend hot. Yeah. He has bronze hair, and he wears glasses. Bronze? Bronze. It's, it's shiny brown. Yeah. Like okay. a light brown. Yeah, I'm try- I was trying to picture it. But you got to get more interesting with your descriptions. Yep. No, you know? no. I, I, I just had to lock in on that yeah. thought. Bronze haired, and he wears glasses. He is described as grumpy nerdy and reserved self-described as repressed he was raised by east coast wealth and it's pretty obvious that that damaged him (laughs) a (laughs) lot it it will do yeah it will do um he's he is like perpetually clenching his jaw and standing up perfectly straight and worried about um doing something inappropriate that will make his family look bad kind of thing i do that too but i grew up dirt poor oh maybe it's just a white people thing it could be <laughs> no, it could be i mean for me it's just you know massive insecurity yeah. and, and a fear of abandonment a yeah. fear of abandonment i guess but uh you do you sebastian uh, sebastian bamford so he's he owns this company i think what, whatever company it is is never really established but okay. fliss is his personal assistant um, she takes care of everything for him from his actual, from the actual like duties to like making sure his plants get watered and that kind of stuff. Okay. At the start of the book, Sebastian has called Fliss into his office to ask her a quote strange or ask her a strange request to make a strange request. He asks her if she will accompany him to a like an event that's happening at his family home over the weekend. There's some kind of like party mm. but it's like a big thing they're there all weekend are we are, is this a fake dating yes it's a fake dating it's book. a fake dating oh, book. look at me spotting yeah. tropes i didn't I, I didn't intend to do another fake dating book so soon because we've done like three of them in the past month or so month yeah. and a half i downloaded this book a while ago thinking I was going to do it for the show and then I said to just put it on the back burner and then I came back to it last week without remembering what it was about so it, it just happens to be another fake dating book okay <laughs> it's, it's it's very serendipitous I guess more than anything so he needs her to be his fake girlfriend he will pay her for this with like overtime <laughs> I should um, for all of it. He says that she can say no. It won't affect her work. It won't affect her job at all. But he doesn't want his parents are like giving him a hard time about not having met someone yet. His mom's starting to like talk about picking someone for him and shit. And he just really doesn't want to deal with that. So instead, he's just going to have Fliss do it. Fliss is first. She's elated because he wants her to be his girlfriend. But then she's devastated to realize that he's talking about paying her to be his fake girlfriend. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Getting time and a half. Yeah. You know, not like yeah. relationship benefits. Exactly. Um, but uh, she agrees because she has a very real crush on this man and she's not going to turn down spending a weekend away with him um, no matter what the circumstances of that weekend are. But because the Bamfords are old money, East Coast, buttoned up, Talk like this. Blue blooded. Blue blooded. He's going to need to like get get a little makeover going for her, buy her some appropriate clothes, figure out how to do her hair. He's basically gonna like pygmalion her. He's basically gonna realize he doesn't pay her enough money. Right. <laughs> That's she, what I'm she saying. She can't dress herself appropriately yes. for a nice night out. <laughs> yeah. She is the personal assistant to the owner of this company, but she lives with a roommate in a shitty apartment and can't afford nice clothes. Sebastian. <laughs> He's going through all this going, Man, I feel like there's a lesson in this all, all oh, this for yeah. me, but uh there is a lesson, but I'm pretty sure the lesson he learns is fuck your secretary, not pay your secretary better. Yeah. Sebastian. 
Might have missed the mark on this Listen one. to me. Do better. <laughs> be better. <laughs> you could be so much better than this. Anyway, so yeah, he's basically going to Pygmalion her, or my fair lady her for, you know, people who don't understand that reference. Sebastian, one week later. Oh, sorry. The, so it wasn't that weekend. It was like two weekends in the future. They were going to the family estate Two as it were weeks later uh, yep uh sebastian has a personal shopper in the office to dress fliss um in a very appropriate beige dress they've pulled um her hair up in like a like a, a style that hides the streaks and he has provided jewelry to hide her wrist tattoo of rusty wow totally just to hide the tattoo not because he wants to buy her jewelry he wants to buy her jewelry because sebastian is secretly also deeply in love with bliss but he has never acted on it because he's her boss and that would be inappropriate but he thinks of her as the sunshine of his life he goes to work just to see her because she's always so perky and happy. It's also the reason why he asked her to be his fake girlfriend. Because he doesn't think that even the the horrible Bamfords could like break her spirit. <laughs> He's like, I need someone strong. So it's going to be you, my pink-haired goddess. Now, is you know? There, is there, uh, correct me if, if we've done this before, is there a name for this trope where like, he secretly loves her, but she doesn't know it. She secretly loves him, but he doesn't know it. No, I okay. guess... Because I feel like we've done that a couple of times. Technically, I guess it could fall under unrequited love. Double unrequited? Double unrequited love. (laughs) Um, But I think that's... It's like it's like sister cousin to the the miscommunications trope, which is just like, bitch, why has nobody said a fucking word about this? Now, in this situation, yeah, you shouldn't. He's your boss. She's your employee. If she ever left that job, then yeah. But... Okay. Until then, no. So the personal shopper leaves for some reason. I don't know why. Sebastian. um, To move the plot along. Yeah, exactly. To forward the plot. Sebastian is then gives Fliss some like comportment lessons on like how to behave around his awful family. He brings up that they will have to like touch and hold hands to complete the ruse. Uh, They'll have to act like they are. They know each other intimately. But he he doesn't want to do this because he thinks if he starts, he's never going to stop. Like, that's basically why he's like, I don't want to touch her because if I do, I'll never stop touching her. He has been completely gone for her for the past four years, but to keep it professional, he hasn't said anything about it. They, She agrees to practice touching with him at that point. Like, just... <laughs> let's, let's just actually, like, break the last few mo- molecular... millimeters of barrier between us um they have a few small touches they put they get close to each other their faces get close they share breath they hold hands etc etc it's very cute it's very like uncomfortably chased yeah it is it's uncomfortably chased uh but then they pull apart very quickly the personal shopper comes back into the room to talk about cocktail dresses and a garden party of some kind like they need to have a bunch of different outfits for this fucking weekend away (laughs) but again this whole practicing thing is actually really smart simply from the standpoint of that there is like you said you know old money blue blood as as you mm-hmm, say they are mm-hmm. then that's as far as like they're not going to have to like kiss in front of his parents no. and all that. it yeah. really just you know show us some level of affection yep so that we believe you exactly but don't you she'll be sleeping in the guest house 15 <laughs> acres you know in the back we'll have a town car ticket to the guest house on the, on the back of the, on the back of the complex <laughs> That's where she shall, shall have sleep. Lucian pull around the carriage. <laughs> <laughs> sleep in the same bed together. You are not betrothed. <laughs> they actually do sleep in the same bed together. Well, fuck. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Uh, all right. So the weekend in question, they arrive at the Bamford estate, which is like this giant old ivy covered mansion on the East Coast somewhere. Fliss meets Sebastian's parents. His mother is very clearly displeased with her with fliss as a like as sebastian's choice but the fuck's she gonna do tell her to leave so they make the most of it Um, (laughs) she doesn't smell like money (laughs) um fliss goes into all of this thinking of it like uh like it's high school drama club like she's playing a part she's got a she's got to hit her marks she's got to say her lines that's 
it. Studied with Gene M. Cousinow. Exactly. Hit your mark and say your line. <laughs> um, so she stays close to him all evening. There's a lot of like holding onto his arm and whispering in his ear. But what she's whispering is just jokes about this awful party and these, <laughs> and these terrible people with their, their, you know, old money sticks up their asses. At the uh, end of the night, they go to the room that they will be sharing. Sebastian offers to get her her own room, but she, uh, or or he will sleep on the floor if she if she wants him to. But she insists on sharing the bed with him. Internally, it's because she's like, I'm only ever going to get to do this like once. I just need to feel what it's like to lay in bed next to this man. Yeah, which just like, oh God, babe, oh no, are you okay? <laughs> it was so sad. <laughs> I was like, I just want to feel. The weight of him on the bed and the his warmth radiating radiating next to me. I'm like, God damn, honey. <laughs> wow. Yo. <laughs> now listen, I know we talk about like the the MMCs in these books being book boyfriends. Yeah. But chances are, again, and I know that attractiveness does not equal, you know, yeah, willingness. Yeah. Or, but she's got to be. She's she, be has pretty. To, she has to have opportunities yeah. unless she's just everybody's so pretty. So everybody gets an opportunity. But for four years, you're not even catching some stray dick in a one night stand. I know, right? Something? Right? Yeah. Swiping this is, this right? That's not how these books work. Okay. They never do. The okay. Har- the hardest thing for me to believe in this book right now is that his parents have no idea that this is his personal assistant. Like, I think after four years, he... Yeah, you would think that. Like, she... Like, they know her or, like, they've talked to her yeah. or something. But I guess Sebastian doesn't spend a lot of time around his family. He tries to avoid them I would as too. much as possible. Yeah. Why he's going to this weekend, I don't even know. Like, they never really make it clear exactly why this guy who has pulled so far away from his family won't separate from it completely. But that's his that's his decision to make. It's so an, it's enough plot to hang some sex on. Yep, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Thank you. <laughs> yes. Okay, so this is the only weekend she's getting to if this is the only weekend she's getting, she'll have to make the most of it, even if the makeover and etiquette lessons break her heart because she isn't good enough as herself. So she spends this whole mm. time thinking that Sebastian wants this version of her or a a woman like this. Right. Someone who is put together and polished and knows what she's doing around 19 different forks or whatever. <laughs> they go to bed. She does convince him to just sleep in the bed. Don't sleep on the floor, jackass. There's this really cute scene of them getting all settled in. Fliss pulls out her her e-reader and she starts reading Pirate Smut. She starts reading a book called Walking His Plank. <laughs> <laughs> I want to read that book. Um, Sebastian reads it over her shoulder. And when he realizes what he's reading, th- things get all like flustery. Um, <laughs> he's too horny for for this. Um, he, he can't possibly continue this whole weekend being this horny for his assistant. But he'll do his level best. Uh, eventually, he pulls away. They have like a cute little chat. But then they go to sleep. She makes a lot of jokes about how the Bamfords would never have a book like this in their library. Mm. Uh, but if they did, maybe her mom, maybe his mom would loosen up. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you'd think with all this money, she could afford a nicer stick to have up her ass. Yeah, right. But no, be a, a a golden stick directly up the butt for Mrs. Bamford. All right. The next day, while Sebastian and the other guests play croquet, uh, which <laughs> Felicity thought was a fake game she thought it was made up for alice in wonderland she was like croquet is real (laughs) yeah only the fucking uber wealthy play it though the only other the only other time i've ever seen croquet played not in real life but in media is in heathers yeah nobody plays croquet 35 years ago 36 years ago yeah my grandparents uh had a croquet set but we never like played it the way it was intended we were just whacking the balls all over the fucking yard i feel like we had a croquet set when i was little and we were literally just hitting heavy balls with big wooden mallets we weren't playing croquet oh yeah i i I think i think the last time we ever played with it was i i just got into one hard and i think it was my cousin todd took it it right in the shin Uh (laughs) and made it bleed like one of those good where you get hit right on the shin and make it you todd (laughs) Not really. Not really. Uh, but it was one of those kinds where you get hit on the shin so hard that it like breaks the skin. Yeah. And I was like, okay, I think that's the last of the croquet. Uh, yep. Yep. Yeah. And then I had to run away from my uh, like 
seven year old he's seven i think seven years older than me oh so you had to run away from him so he didn't beat you up yeah oh but, okay but you know the shin helped, yeah helped me yeah <laughs> couldn't catch it because he had a limp had one fucking leg. <laughs> you see little carl just running yep. yep anyway croquet okay okay so uh fliss while they are playing croquet fliss takes a video call from priya her roommate uh, but just just to talk to Rusty, she just wants to see her cat. You gotta see yeah. Rusty. So uh, she has a she has a short FaceTime call with her cat before she goes back to Sebastian. They talk to Mrs. Bamford very briefly, who asks how they met. They planned in advance that they were going to say that they met at work. Okay. So that's what they did. There is they don't indicate that she works. For him, directly for him, but they did meet at work. Um, <laughs> what what department do you work in? Uh, uh, business? Not this one. Not his. <laughs> That's all that matters, right? Not his. Um, I don't assist him in any way, nope. personal or otherwise. <laughs> So, but not as planned, then Fliss starts making jokes about the sensuality of the water cooler and stolen <laughs> glances over stale croissants at 8 a.m. marketing meetings. She's going rogue. Yeah. <laughs> it was very funny. Uh, she, I think she was actively trying to give Mrs. Bamford a stroke. Yeah. But she did not succeed in that. <laughs> After after they get done with that conversation, Mrs. Bamford then invites Fliss for a walk through the garden, which she goes on. The walk is not in the book. After the walk, which she made in spike heels. In a garden. In a garden. Yikes. Um, in a garden. I'm sorry. I just remembered the one time you told me that your ex thought that the name of the Barefoot Contessa show was the Barefoot Contessa in, in a, a garden. I was going to say, not to be confused with Ina Garden. Yeah, I was going to say, no shade to your ex. I, I don't know her well enough to make fun of her. I just thought that's really funny. Yeah. The Barefoot Contessa in a garden. Hey, man, look, we've, we all have those moments. Yeah, we do. We do. So Fliss was grilled within an inch of her life by Mrs. Bamford. She's like, she walks out of it like, I just got out of an, an interrogation with the FBI. Holy <laughs> shit. They had so many questions for me about January 6th. Anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Sebastian finds her nursing her bloodied, blistered feet on the grounds because the heels are not a thing you're supposed to walk in in the garden for two hours, Mrs. Bamford. Well, Mrs. Bamford, she's... She's an old hand at this. Oh, well, she's atrophied her feet yeah. in those heels. She can't even feel pain anymore. She's callous. She's lost two toes. She doesn't even know. <laughs> he apologizes to her for picking these shoes, and then he throws them into a rose bush. <laughs> <laughs> and her, her thought is like, God, I hope a gardener finds those. Those are really expensive. You could eBay those. <laughs> those are Louboutins, man. Those are really nice shoes. Then he picks her up bridal style and carries her back to their room to wash, treat, and wrap her injured feet. He feels terrible that he picked shoes that were so bad on her feet. Remind me to fire that that personal shopper. Right. Whispers about carrying his girlfriend to the bedroom in the middle of the day be damned. Oh, yeah. So they, as he was carrying her up the stairs, she was like, Sebastian, people will talk. And he was like, let them talk. Because he carried her up the stairs in the middle of the day. Fucking... I don't know if that's specifically the Bamfords or if that's just like the moneyed of the East Coast, but apparently you can't even you can't even carry an injured woman around. They might think you're fucking her. <laughs> I mean, so what if you are? Yeah, right. So he carries her for the rest of the day as they go from place to place. Very professional. Very not at all in love with your secretary, Mr. Bamford. In the piano room, which Sebastian calls the old people room because it's the quietest room in the party, they speak to Grandma Bamford, who I will refer to it for the rest of this book as Granny Bamf. I love her. <laughs> I love her. She's great. Granny Bamford tells them the story of how she fell in love with Grandpa Bamford when she was in the typing pool and how much it scandalized the family because Grandpa Bamford met his wife at work. So this is not the first time that this has happened. Like, it's a family tradition. Yeah. The, whole fe- the feeling this whole time has been like, oh my God, he married a secretary? Uh, or like he's dating, he's dating a woman from work? Oh my Lord. I- As if the matriarch of the family didn't quite literally do the same exact thing. <laughs> I was going to say, it's practically part of the family crest. Exactly. There's a, just a silhouette of a of a man in a suit giving a sideways glance to a, <laughs> woman, to a woman near the copy machine. 
<laughs> it just says like Eris Unum Fuckum Secretarium. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and then just dollar signs <laughs> to fill out the rest of the yep, crest. Exactly. Exactly. And an old English um, B. Uh, so Fliss and Granny Bamp-, Bamp talk for a while. Fliss gets into the chat, teasing Sebastian for not noticing her sooner. And then she starts saying things like that she j- he- she just always wanted him to ravage her against the copier. And that's a little too real. That's a little too outside of the story that they have concocted. <laughs> and Sebastian is left like, oh, oh my God, Crazy I don't know. Crazy talk. Crazy I'm, talk. I am losing control of the con. I don't know what's happening. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that's when things start getting... More interesting in the book. Instead of going to the next event of the day, he carries her into the hedge maze. They have a full hedge maze on their property. <laughs> the hedge maze is the kind oh of thing. The, the hedge maze is got to be like the sign of fuck you money. Yes, it does. What it really we... does. Although keep your eye out. There's going to be another hedge maze in the future in October. That'll be fun. Okay. Okay. Um, Good to know. Yeah. Uh, Fliss is suddenly very brave, working her fingers into his shirt and saying that she is cold. But if he can get her to the center of the maze, maybe he can warm her up. Luckily, Sebastian has the maze memorized because this is his family maze. I was going to say. He <laughs> so he's just like just rushing through the maze. Blindfolded backwards. Yep. When they get to the center of the maze, there is like a beautiful fountain and some places to sit. And he sits her down. And uh, suddenly they these people have like no more inhibition or shame at all. They've gotten away from everyone and all of this. I can't. She's my she's my secretary and I won't. He's my boss. Just goes right out the fucking window. Um, And all it took was getting to the center of an ostentatious hedge maze. Yes. Ostentatious. Ostentatious. That's a good word. Thank you. Good job. But it's just like Theseus and the Minotaur. You get to the center of the maze. You start fucking right. That's how that story went. I'm pretty sure. Ninety nine percent sure that Theseus fucked that Minotaur. I mean, I play a lot of Hades. (laughs) Uh, In Hades, they're dating. Oh, they're definitely. They're definitely dating. Yeah. For sure. Um, So Fliss and Sebastian kiss and then the kiss becomes a makeout and then the makeout becomes a grope and then fingering and hand jobbing happens right here in this maze. Wow. Right in the middle of the maze. A hedge maze hand job. Yep. Until they both come and they both consider that to be the best few minutes of their lives. They don't say that to each other. It's just from both perspectives they both said that at some point. It was the best few minutes of their lives. Um, Fliss is already picturing all the other places she wants him to come because he came across <laughs> her thighs and she's like, oh, God, next time you can put it on my titties or my back. <laughs> God damn, girl. <laughs> yeah, make plans. Maybe where I put my car keys. Yep. Who knows? Get crazy. <laughs> in your purse? You come in your purse? No, she's got a little bowl. Oh, a little bowl. You know, she's got a key bowl. Yep. All of this is a uh, very big talk for Fliss, who is a virgin. Yeah. Here we go. Yeah. There's another virgin. I don't know how old she is, but she's been working for Sebastian for four years as a personal assistant. So she's got to be at least 20 something. At least. And she's a virgin. And again, I don't care if you're a virgin. Be a virgin your whole goddamn life. The concept of virginity is dumb. But the cousin of the concept of virginity is dumb is the concept of virginity being somehow important is also dumb. Yes. Very dumb. So... This whole, it happens in books all of the time. This whole, like, idealizing virginity thing drives me nuts. Everybody stop it. I, Authors, I, can you hear me? Knock it off. I, I mean, the, 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 this is, I mean, the thing that I always struggle with when it comes to, like, virgins in these books is, like, she's 29 in a virgin, like, or he's 27 in a virgin. Like, you can trip and fall into a vagina. Like, I, uh-huh. I just feel like at that point in your life, like, it should be, pre- yeah. Like, but well, they, mean, but but then to go from zero, like it got was it was uh it was stepbrother summer, mm-hmm, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. They were both virgins, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden, just having yep, they were having porn sex, porn sex, like yep. that's the. But again, mm-hmm. uh, me getting caught up in the the details. Yeah, I mean, there's some details that I get caught up into like that, which is why I called it out in like stepbrother summer, asshole. But me, not you. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks for clarifying. But. Yeah, it's it's the whole concept of it just kind of drives me a little bit batty. I can't take it. I Fair. really can't. Fair. The only reason, like, I understand wanting to wait to find the right person. I understand wanting to wait for religious reasons. But still, though, it's just silly. Any, sorry. Sorry. Anyway, go, getting back to our story. 
when they're done sebastian writes his clothes and picks up his glasses and puts them back on and then he picks her up again saying that they're going to be late for dinner they have to go get bamford ready (laughs) has he been carrying her everywhere i told you that earlier he's been carrying her all over she's not even wearing shoes because her feet hurt And he blames himself for buying those spike heels. I, so I know. I just, I, I just, I had to think back. I'm like, oh yeah, yeah. He, yeah. Picked, he picked her up and left the old people room. And he's, yeah, he carried her through the head. Yeah, uh, okay. He's, he's been just carrying, carrying her, her the whole time, the whole time. Right. And I think he carries her like the whole weekend until he pisses her off, and then she's like, put me down. So when he says that they have to go get Bamford ready, like they have to be yeah. Bamford prepared for dinner, she shuts down. She interprets it to mean that he, what he really wants is the fake. Felicity, not the real Fliss. So she thinks that he wants the quaffed and like curated version of herself that he could bring around his family, and that she, that's not who she is. So, so some, mis- some miscommunication going on. Yep. Sebastian interprets Fliss's sudden coldness to anger or disappointment in him because what they did was wrong. He crossed a line. It was inappropriate. He never should have done that. He should have just continued to ignore his feelings for her because of propriety or something. I don't know. You went and jizzed on your secretary. (laughs) So Sebastian, did you jizz on your secretary? It sounds like again. It sounds like the weirdest. (laughs) So you've ejaculated on your personal assistant. (laughs) Chris Evans sitting on a chair backwards. (laughs) (laughs) Captain America going. Am I? Is does so? That, does that you committed sexual harassment in the workplace? <laughs> is this cue card right? Do I have to say that word? <laughs> yes, you can't go off script. Uh, We're the government. We own you. <laughs> Sorry. At the stuffy rich people dinner that they go to next, complete with bland white people food. It's even mentioned like there's everything tastes really bland. Coronation chicken. Yes, Mrs. Coronation chicken. Fifty percent of the sauce is mayonnaise. <laughs> I just learned that the other day when we watched yeah. it. Gross. Uh, Mrs. Bamford. <laughs> I just learned that. Gross. Anyway. <laughs> Mrs. Bamford sees Fliss's tattoo. Fliss takes off her watch to show everyone Rusty. That's where she said, this is Rusty. He drools when he purrs. Uh. Like she holds up her wrist <laughs> to show off her cap. The table is immediately scandalized. Oh, my God. She has a tattoo. Oh, my Lord. She has a tattoo. She has a tattoo, but Granny Bamp, being the amazing woman she is, is like, I also have a tattoo, but I can't show it to you because <laughs> I'm in mixed company. <laughs> Fuck yeah, Granny B. Yes, Granny. Uh, Mrs. Bamford then declares a Bamford would never have something like that, and Seb shoots back, well, if I marry Fliss, then a Bamford definitely will have one. Yeah. Ooh. <gasps> Whoa. Oh. Have you ever seen somebody grow a spine in real time? <laughs> I have. It looked Sebastian. painful. Yeah, it, it, it did, but he did it. He did, and I'm proud of him for it. He stood up to his mother for the first time in perhaps ever. Well done. <laughs> and then he immediately said, please don't hate me, Mommy. <laughs> Sorry, Mommy. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's all right. We were going to watch Vines. We are going to watch Vines. Yeah, let's, do, let's watch some Vines today. All right. After dinner, Sebastian runs into Granny Banff once more at the bar, and he tell she tells him to lighten up, <laughs> uh, that he has a lovely partner no matter what the rest of the snobs say. The whole conversation is beautiful and lovely. I love Granny Banff. Again, I think she's fantastic. And this whole thing concludes with her, be- <laughs> her saying, I am 87 years old. I don't give a shit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm on borrowed time. I can't wait for the day I get to say that to someone's face. I am oh. 87 years old. I do not give a shit. I, I I am hanging on by a thread at 45. Oh, I know, right? I am going to be a fucking handful <sighs> in my 80s. I, <laughs> Good luck. I'm going to have to print you up T-shirts or something that just say, call this number if he starts getting weird again. <laughs> After the dinner, upstairs, Fliss takes a video call with Priya again so that she can talk to Rusty. She and Priya have another chat very briefly. This is where they indicate that Priya is also in love with her boss. Priya's boss is, uh, Priya is book two. Oh. Not her boss. Her boss's twin brother. Yeah. Very interesting. Ooh. Some role play. Oh, God. I don't know if I could, how... Is it appropriate to ask a twin to pretend to be their other twin? No. (laughs) 
No, it's not appropriate at all. Am I a twin? No. Do I have any basis for understanding what it's like to be a twin? No. That just feels icky. It does feel icky. So, okay, Priya and Fliss are on the phone. That phone call ends when Sebastian walks in just in time for Priya to say something like, now now go have have animal sex with that 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 <laughs> grumpy boss of yours or something like that have fun blowing your boss yeah bye um sebastian comes over to the bed where fliss is sitting fliss tells sebastian that she doesn't want overtime she doesn't want to be paid for this at all it feels weird to be paid for this especially now that he's actually done sex things with her you actually can't say. pay her now I don't think that's right <laughs> anymore. It's not uh, over the table. Yeah, uh, unless you unless you want to get cool with a lot of stuff real fast, um, yeah. like suddenly being a pimp. Right. Uh, that feels, yeah. yeah, that feels weird. Anyway, Sebastian agrees to this on the condition that this is no longer fake. It's like I don't want this to be fake. <laughs> uh, he doesn't mean this weekend. He means for uh, he, forever. This relationship mm-hmm. is now real. He wants to spend the rest of his life with her, or as long as she will put up with him. They share their joy. There is kissing, and then there is fucking. So Sebastian eats Fliss out with absolute gusto, my dude. <laughs> Dare I say, verve putting putting thighs over shoulders to get our whole face in there and bury our tongue inside the whole thing. We're going all the way. All right. Good man. Until she stops him saying that she wants, she wants him inside her the first time he makes her come. Okay. Well, that's too late already. I know. Right. Yeah. Did you, did you forget the hedge maze? I guess she did. I guess she did forget the hedge maze. He is aware that she is a virgin. I, I think Maybe that was what she was alluding to when she's like, I want you inside for the first time. I don't know. I didn't re- I wasn't really clear. I was like, how does she how does he know she's a virgin? It doesn't really matter. He knows she's a virgin. It was on her application. Um, <laughs> <laughs> seemed wildly inappropriate at the time, but now it seems awful damn relevant. Question one. <laughs> What's your body count? Question two. <laughs> you up? <laughs> W Y D. Oh my god, the fuck boy application. <laughs> that sounds like a band name. <laughs> Hello Cleveland, we're, we're the fuck, fuck boy, boy application. application. We're gonna play our hit song, uh, You Up. Yeah. Yep, exactly. So he as much as he wants to just like go at her like caveman style, he does respect the fact that she is a virgin and that she needs slow and sweet and that he does want this to be nice for himself, but also for her. He double checks with her before yeah. he, actual penetration and she's like, yeah, I'm fucking sure about it. dumbass. Yeah. <laughs> I've been in love with you for four years. And she says <laughs> that out loud. I've been in love with you for four years. And that stops him yeah. for I've a hot in, sec. I've been in love with you for four that, years. Exactly. It's like, oh, my God. Me, too. I've, but, but, but with you. Um, that I've been weird? in love with you this whole time. That's wild. It's so um, crazy that we're just fucking now. Uh, so the sex definitely happens. Um, and it's of the we should have done this years ago variety you know like it's desperate and needy and perfect and wonderful all that stuff it it was really good for being the like pretty clean short insta love Mm -hmm. kind of sex it was good it was a good scene they come almost simultaneously but he does make sure to get her there first good man and then when he comes he nearly blacks out coming for so long he thinks that she's stealing his soul through his dick He's like, I don't, th- that's happened. That this that shouldn't be possible. This has happened. It's too long. Fucking this- been there. <laughs> I, I T- promise, I'm not stealing his soul. TMI, be damned. Been there. Yep. All right. Uh, but I mean, like, it's a good way to lose your soul. If, if, if you're it, gonna lose your soul, you might as well lose it that way. Yeah, straight through my dick. Exactly. In the afterglow, they have a snuggle, uh, but Fliss does make him aware that he uh, is gonna have to do that again tonight. So you know, like hydrate, get get yep. limber up, get prepared. Um, and he's like, "Oh no, she's gonna kill me. Death <laughs> by snoo snoo. You yeah. know, like what a way to go." <laughs> um, I hope that's how I die. <laughs> I promise. If they tell you that you have something terminal. 
I'll just fuck you to death instead. Please do. Okay. Um, Three years later, Fliss and Sebastian are now married and they are once again attending the Bamford weekend party thing. But the atmosphere is a lot better now because Fliss has won over Mrs. Bamford. So Mrs. Bamford actually likes her now. Yes. And part of it, part of it is because Sebastian told his mother, you either get us both or you get none of us. So act accordingly look at you you kept the spine sebastian good job well done but also granny bamford really likes fliss so you you gotta like you gotta like her or granny bamford won't let you in the will she's still hanging on at 90 yeah she is so they chat with mrs bamford and granny bamf uh for a little while both of the matriarchs notice that fliss is not drinking and they ask them to please keep it quiet for now they are expecting a baby Uh, But she isn't showing yet. Mrs. Bamford and Granny Bamf then go back to the party and Fliss makes like she's going to follow them. But Sebastian leans down and whispers in her ear that they should forget all the boring small talk and and she should meet him in the hedge maze in 10 minutes. And they all lived hornily ever after the end. Yay. That was Grump Gone Wild by Cassie Mint. Another enjoyable little Perfect morsel of a read. Yeah, smutty amuse bouche. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. It's 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 like tapas. Yeah, it's smut tapas. Small plates, (laughs) shareable, enjoyable. Well, I wouldn't go sharing it with too many people. Have have a drink and enjoy your tapas. Make sure that you ask if they're into that sort of thing first. Oh well, yeah. Speaking of, (laughs) so what are you into this week? Me. Personally, I am very into accessible gender affirming care this week. Uh-huh. My very best friend, a very good friend of both of ours, but my very best friend Murph uh, had top surgery this week. That's right. They are home recovering now. Everything went great, but I was just so delighted for, to hear that they told me they're everything about it was wonderful. And it happened so quickly. It did. It did. I mean, they decided that they just. They want their gender to be a question mark. Yep. That's, and they didn't want their titties anymore. So they found a surgeon. The surgeon was like, hell yeah, let's do it. Everything went super smooth. The surgery went great. Every nurse and person that they spoke to the entire time that they were there was really supportive and encouraging and lovely. And I'm just so happy. I'm just so happy for them that they got this done, but also that they were able to seek and find supportive and encouraging healthcare providers to give them the gender affirming care they needed. I'm so happy. (laughs) And that's what I'm into this week. Uh, Gender affirming care for all motherfucker. That's a tough act to follow. Sorry. Especially when you know what I've been into. I do all week. And I am extremely into that as well. Obviously Uh, they are one of our, if not truest best friend, uh, them and their partner Nate. So congratulations on getting the gender affirming care that you both wanted and needed. Mm-hmm. I'm into a song. Yeah, you are. So, as Kate has mentioned in, in our personal lives many times before, uh, I, I have a very eclectic taste in music, and I, I I have a fun like I just great songs tend to find their way into my life, and I have become obsessed with an Icelandic pop song made by a, a, a waif of an Icelandic giant, a <laughs> six foot 10 man named Daddy Freer. Daddy Freer. Okay. Daddy Freer. Uh, and his uh, band Gagna Magnid, which is Icelandic for the data. And the song is called Think About Things. The link is going to be in the show notes. And it is it was going to be Iceland's contribution to the Eurovision competition in 2020, uh, mm. but it was canceled. But I'm going to post the video, and please go watch it. It is... It, it's a song that he wrote uh, with his wife, who is also in his band, about the birth of their first child, but it's played more like just a freaking uh, sexy disco bop. Mm-hmm. But if you listen to the lyrics, you'll understand. I can't stop listening to it. No, you the, listen to it like several times a day. The kids, our, our children absolutely love it. Our son thinks it's just the best. Our daughter will dance, and they there's some great little dance moves in there mm-hmm. uh, that are very easy to replicate if you're a child or uh, a 45-year-old dad of two children. And I just, I, I can't stop. 
uh, he's got another song that was his contribution to the 2021 Eurovision competition, which is called 10 Years, a song about his uh, wonderful wife. And it is also an amazing bop. The video features uh, a great, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Tokusatsu, sort of like kaiju oh, yep. uh, in what I like to call Disco Voltron. It's it's so good. And if you need uh, a three-minute pick-me-up, click on the link in the in the show notes and go watch that video. I, I'm linking to the the actual video, but the Eurovision performance of of the song is out there as well if you if you want to see it. And then also go check out Ten Years as well. But uh Daddy Frere and Gagne Magnid, uh think about things. I, I think about things. Frere, think about things. I, I'm warning you now though, it will be you will walk around the house going Baby. Oh my God, we do it all the time. I would like to know. Uh, just go listen to it, and it, but be warned, it will not leave your skull uh, quickly. No, it won't. And it's so good. And you may or may not develop a small crush on a woman with blue hair. Yeah, you may or may not. Um, it's a great. I think she's cute. She's extremely cute. Her name's uh, Hulda. Hulda, yeah. Hulda. Um, it's not as good as gender affirming care. No, but it is. It is really fucking good. Yes, and that's all. And it, super catchy. And so goddamn catchy. Uh, I think that's pretty much the episode. I mean, I, I know what you're into. Yeah, I know what I'm into. Yeah, I think we, we did it, we boys. Don't, we don't have a script. So another one in the can. So in the meantime. You can find us on social media. We are on Instagram and TikTok at Cheap Smut. If you would like to send us an email, please do so. I check it frequently. CheapSmutPod at gmail.com. The name of the song in this and every episode of Cheap Smut is called Nostalgia by Makai Beats. You can find it along with thousands of other songs free of charge for you to use with proper attribution at the Free Music Archive, freemusicarchive.org. Have you selected a book for next week? I have. All right, so we are rolling into spooky season. It's happening fast, kids. Our next episode lands on October 2nd. Let's get fucking spooky. So we are getting spooky, and we are starting with a book that I have been waiting to do on this show the entire time we have had this show going. We are doing The Holoqueen by Emmeline Quill. Oh. Yeah. yeah. I know you've spoken highly. so excited. Sorry. No, it's okay. You've been, you've spoken highly of it. I look forward to it. I have, and I am very much looking forward to telling you the story. Can't wait. In the meantime, listener, if there is a book in you, write it. And if there's fucking in it, I'll read it. And then she will come on this show and explain it to me for your entertainment. Now, I forgot to eat dinner, so I have to go eat now. Goodbye. Goodbye.